0: To the Roma
1: Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor, John Solano. Hope you are all doing well. Just a couple of things before I bring Andy on, where we discuss uh, the victory over Udinese, the sporting director situation uh, for Roma, uh, because as we are recording this, um, uh, Ricky Massara, the, the current sporting director of Roma, has landed in Boston. Um, he will be meeting with Roma President James Palotta. Um, and as we reported exclusively on the website, um, Franco Baldini will indeed be present at this uh, summit, so to speak, in Boston with the rest of the Roma hierarchy, where I expect and where others expect Masada to be confirmed as the full-time sporting director of the club Um, Andy and I get into that a little bit um, and discuss the situation at length but um, again before I bring him on just wanted to thank everybody for the well wishes uh, as my my wife and I welcomed our son she's doing great son is doing great thank you for everybody who wishes us well who reached out to us on Twitter uh, through Patreon wherever Uh, really really appreciate it. it it means a lot And uh, very happy, just very, very tired as well. So thank you to everyone. Um, And also have to mention our two sponsors, EuroFantasyLeague.com, the best online football fantasy website where you can play Serie A, Premier League, Bundesliga, Ligun. You can also find a variety of articles um, on their main page, EuroFantasyLeague.com, including one that I just wrote, uh, What We Learned From Roma's 1-0 victory over Udinese, where I go into a bit of a an appreciation for Antonio Mirante, who I was very, very pleased with in the victory and who I think clearly should have been playing for months now, but that's probably a rant and a story for another time. And also, UK, the very best in football betting tips with over 90% accuracy, where for just 10 pounds per month, you get access to six of the football leagues in Europe, the betting tips with over 90% accuracy. So if you'd like to bet on football, start winning more money, romapress.co.uk. So, and lastly, I have to thank all of our wonderful patrons from Patreon. If you would like to support the website, you can go to patreon.com romapress or you could go to the support page on the top of romapress.net. By becoming a patron of the website, you're not only supporting us in our endeavors with the podcast and the website, but you can also get early access to the podcast. You can also get extra episodes of the podcast as well. And again, you were giving us a huge, huge lift because none of this is possible without you. And I also have to give a shout out to our newest patron, jake anderson who you can find on twitter facebook and instagram at jwa1994 again jake anderson at jwa1994 jake thank you so much for your support again without you guys none of this is possible so we thank you so 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 much all of our patrons i can't express enough how much it means to us and again without you guys podcast website none of it is possible without you so thank you so much so let me bring andy on now as i said we discussed roma winning over Udinese, and we also discussed the uh, sporting director situation at roma which i talked a little bit um because we recorded this previously but i i've gotten a couple of updates on my phone here but um i am being told that masada is and this is someone at the club this is me quoting them 90% likely to be confirmed as a new sporting director. It would take something dramatic for him not to be confirmed as a sporting director. Either he doesn't want the role or he discusses uh, the role with Palota and it doesn't align with his vision or his will um, in the sense that um, he doesn't have as much of a... The, the responsibilities are, are less than what he may have expected. Luis Campos is a name that everybody has seen out there um, but I am being told that Masada will indeed get the sporting director role, barring a change of heart from either him or a change of heart from Palotta, in the sense that he doesn't want him to have as many responsibilities as we've seen from Monchi, who had full reign, and then uh, Sabatini, who didn't have as much, uh, didn't have as many responsibilities as Monchi, but um, did oversee a lot of the sporting project at Roma. So. Take that uh, as you may with a grain of salt, even if you want, Um, but I I do expect that Masada will be given the full-time sporting director role, Um, and I don't think we will get word of that until tomorrow because right now um, it is middle of the afternoon in the United States. Uh, whereas in Italy, it's later in the evening. So I don't expect any updates today. I do expect tomorrow that it will start leaking out from the probably the same individuals who are leaking information to me who confirmed that Franco Baldini will be at the meeting. He has flown in from London. Um, and that, again, uh, Masada will more than likely be confirmed as the next sporting director of Roma. Let me know what you guys think of that, um, either on Twitter or Patreon, wherever you are. Um Andy and I both agree that it's the right move, but um, I would like to get sort of the the temperature of everybody else in the room if they agree that Masada is the right name to take over the sporting project at Roma or if you guys would like to see somebody else. There's been a lot of names floated out there. Pretracchi of Torino, uh, Luis Campos is a name that Palauta has spoken with in the past. Um, but if he were to come in, it wouldn't be as a sporting director. It would be in some other capacity. I don't know if it would be technical director, but he would not, more than likely, not even work um, in Rome. He would work probably remain in France. So it remains to be seen how this, uh, how this new uh, sporting hierarchy, at Roma, is structured. I'm very, very eager to see what the club ultimately decides. But if it were up to me, if it were up to me, uh, Masada undoubtedly should be given the role as permanent sporting director. And I wouldn't even bring in Luis Campos. Frankly, I would give maybe Totti more responsibilities, maybe allow Balzaretti to become the vice sporting director. Um, and I would use uh, sort of this little triumvirate of uh, Balzaretti, Totti, and Masada. But again, that's just me. It remains to be seen if that happens. But Again, for the fifth and final time, I do expect uh, Ricky Masara to be named the full-time sporting director at Roma. Um, barring any collapse and talks between he and Palotta, um, I think it would take something dramatic uh, to happen, which can't be ruled out because this is Roma, and there is always drama at this club, um, and just when you think you have things figured out, they, uh, they flip on their head and they go the completely different direction, so... We will wait uh, for updates in regards to that. I will now bring on Andy as we discuss Roma 1, Udinese 0, the sporting director role, and the race for the Champions League. All right, Andy, we are back. We're recording this a few days after Roma had their important victory after Udinese. And we're recording this as uh, Roma Sporting Director Ricky Masada is en route. He will arrive in about four hours to Boston to meet with Palotta and decide what happens next who the next Sporting Director will be. So let's start with that. Would you be disappointed if he is confirmed as a new Sporting Director?
0: No, if if I if if the news are from Sky reported by Gianluca Di Marzio are correct that there are two options on the table, either it's Massara on his own, or Massara and Campos. I'm fine either way.
1: For me, it, maybe you disagree, but I think the the best decision was not taking a risk. I don't think they could have afforded a risk. I think they needed somebody who understands the environment, understands the club. And I think most importantly, understands the fans and especially Palotta. Now, I I understand some people might be disappointed with this because he's not um, trying to think of a word like a a flashy name. Mm -hmm. But does that bother you at all?
0: No because uh, for me it's a win-win situation because uh, first of all I'm si- I I I know a lot of people are uh, have this uh, have are still shell shocked after the monchi experience but you know yesterday I saw a, a team built by Campos uh, bully a PSG team uh, 5 to 1 and it was exciting to see and it was a very well oiled team um so there is no doubt that he's a, he's a great expert in the field um but on the other hand i'm i'm happy for i'm just happy that Massara will get a chance to play a role in this club uh, either way because i think he deserves it he's been uh, almost invisible for a number of years he's been here for a long time he's been under the wings of, of of Sabatini he's learned a lot from Sabatini he's been in the hiding in the shadows behind the curtains uh mostly uh he was the one coordinating the loans with the with the youth players um so he's seen a lot and he knows What this club needs, he knows how this club works uh, from inside. He knows that there is a lot of chaos, that there is a lot of different opinions and people talking and people thinking different things. So I'm glad we're sticking to him no matter what, that he's going to play a part uh, in this team's future. And I'm, I'm just happy for the guy. I think he deserves it.
1: I think he deserves it too. I think this is something long overdue. I'm just, I'm anxious to see what actually happens because I don't expect any surprises. I just want to hear from Palotta's mouth that he does trust Masada because I do think mm-hmm. he is the right man for this job. I think tomorrow around uh, early evening time, uh, Italian time, I think we'll know what will happen. Stuff is already starting to leak out. Um, someone from the club already confirmed to me Baldini will be flying from London to Boston and will be present. A lot of people have mixed feelings on this one. <laughs> By your exasperation, I'm assuming you're one of them. Um, I, I, li- um, listen, I <laughs> I share my trepidations. Um, I think Palota trusts him too blindly at times. But um, he's one of the names he trusts most. Uh, he introduced him to the world of football. Um, he was the first name that... Um, he reached out to when he acquired the club, so I, I don't know. Um, I'm assuming you're not a big fan of him, no? Well,
0: I'm not. No, listen. I uh, I think again, it's you know, fans are humans, so they they experience fear, and I think a lot of fans in this case experience fear. I I don't know anything about Baldini, and nobody really does, um, because he's just this. Outside body that we've never seen uh, publicly uh, at Roma, and um, he's always somewhere either in Cape Town or in London, uh, and he has always a say in things. Despite uh, being rumored that he what he quit a few months ago, so I think I'm, I I don't know anything about him. I don't have anything against him. Is that? That that mysterious figure of Baldini is kind of very representative of the chaos, the turmoil, the inside turmoil that took place this year at Roma, and which I think was one of the main reasons why this club malfunctioned this season. Too many people uh, doing different things uh, at the same time, and you know, even with when uh, people when you know when uh, the decision. Uh, to fire uh, Di Francesco was, was, was being taught, you know, obviously Palotta was thinking different things. Baldini was thinking different things. Baldissoni was thinking different things. And I I don't know. It seems like there is so many players in this situation that uh, sometimes it seems like there's too many of them. And um, Baldini is one of those people that, you know, as a fan, you've never really been in touch with him. Uh, you just know that he he has a say in very important decisions uh, uh, regarding the club.
1: Yeah, and I could understand, especially to um, newer Roma fans who may not have been here for the first time or even the second time who is at the club. Mm-hmm. He he, I mean, he does not talk a lot at all. He does not give press conferences, and frankly. Right now, Roma, he's not even technically a, no, a, a member not, of the club. He's, exactly, he's just an advisor. Exactly. So there's no need for him to speak. There's no need for him to talk to the media, address anybody. But, yeah, it, it, he is sort of the the shadowy figure that nobody really knows anything about. And Palotta has a lot, a lot of trust in him. Because, listen, this club, it's Palotta, it's Alex Zeka. These are two guys who come from america they've never worked in football before they've worked in sport before everybody knows who watches the nba um they've been involved with the boston celtics but these are two guys who know nothing about football (laughs) and the man who is helping them Yeah. yeah guide the waters um of the treacherous terrain that is world football is is baldini so he's a guy they trust a lot um I'll be interested to see what happens, but I, I, I do expect Masara to to be confirmed. For me, it would just be weird for Campos to leave Leo, where he is the sporting director, only to join Roma and be confirmed as he wouldn't even be the sporting director. I don't know if they would make him technical director. I don't know if they would make him advisor. I don't know what the title would be, Um, but based on what I've been told and what other people have writing, um, he wouldn't even work...
0: At Trigoria, <laughs> he, Yeah. Yep. He'd, he'd remain in uh, uh, Monte Carlo. Yeah. That's so, again, you know, the, I, I can understand why uh, people right now are afraid to take a gamble. And I can understand that. And uh, listen, I as, I as I've said, I think Massara, the fact that Massara will be a, a focal point of, of this management in this let's say new roma uh is 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 great by itself so um i'm i'm excited to see what happens because again this is a young sporting director and he's got first time he can he, he might have the chance to shine uh because the only real chances that he had had in the past was when he would become the interim uh sporting director and like sabatini left and uh you know those january transfer market sessions so nothing extraordinary and um then he disappeared for a while and you know let's remember that even monchi said that massara was uh probably one of the best and most uh professional uh people he met in this business so that says a lot about him uh and, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he can do. He's
1: a very different personality than Monchi and Sabatini. He doesn't talk very – we discussed this before, but very straight-faced, not very emotional. So it will be a much different change-up mm-hmm. than, than the previous two figures here. But um, I, I wanted to get your opinion, though. <laughs> Monchi has been speaking a lot the last <sighs> few days, and I'm sure you caught some of the things he said. But one of them was um, – He would do it all over again. He's come back to Roma. He has no regrets. And obviously, you're not expecting the guy to purge the club, but it's pretty eye-opening that he's at least not raising his hands a bit, especially considering he's already at another club. I mean, he has nothing to lose at this point. But I I, also—Nangolan gave a very interesting interview, too, where I'm sure you read it where he said— you know, you you profess to love Roma, and then three days later, you you already have an agreement in place with a new club. Um, I, I don't know the the entire saga is still just as you mentioned, still has me scarred a bit.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's very awkward because it's such a, it seems like for Monchi. It- I don't know. It seems like nothing happened. It, it, it's like, uh, I just, it, it seems like he took a, lo- a two year vacation, not even a two year vacation, uh, a year and a half vacation. And, and now he's back home, which is, you know, good for him. It just, it, it seems very odd. Whatever he's saying it, I don't know. It, it doesn't ring very, uh, very honest and very true. Um, uh, And uh, I call bullshit on the fact that he would do it all over again because, uh, you know, he couldn't. You could see him just wanting to get out of here as early as I would say December. In December or even November, he started to to give less and less interviews, and and whenever he would give an interview, it would be a more downbeat interview. Usually, he was always upbeat always there to defend his coach, uh, always there to, you know, to say Forza Roma. And then slowly it started to deteriorate, um, then resulting in him leaving the club. And on the other hand, you know, Langolan, again, it's one of the, I, I just wish sometimes they would just stop with the interviews with the certain players or at least change the topics because this is like, a, a, a guy with a new girlfriend talking about his ex-girlfriend all the time. And, um, you know, you're at Inter, you have a chance, you, you scored a goal, you know, you're sitting comfortably at third, third spot. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm, I really, I don't understand these, these players that feel the need to be relevant when they're not right now in, in you know, in what Roma are trying to do
1: i agree um so let's let's switch gears a little bit to the table if you want to if there was a dictionary or encyclopedia <laughs> definition of what a ragnari performance is um that was it against Udinese. i mean that was that was almost too stereotypical sure. Ranieri.
0: true true it is it was and and um I thought he he messed up the starting eleven, but 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 mm, then you know with the with the two strikers all day long the day before he was t- telling the media that. That's exactly what Udinese would want him to do—to use two strikers and blah blah blah—and that he will not. <laughs> and then, and... yeah, he said he said it'll be one or the other because they want me to exactly. Zero, so <laughs> and then reverse psychology, yeah, exactly. And then the plot twist—he puts uh, both Jacko and Sheikh on the field, and it didn't work. But I'm—he I, I, did a great job of of knowing who to insert. I thought. Pellegrini easily was one of the best players in that second half. That second half was just a a great, very Ranieri-like half. It was a a game of, of, again, just a a team that was missing so many players. We're playing with Marcano, a left back, which I must say, great game. Great game! No, there, I, I cannot stress it enough. He had a great game. Uh, uh, he was going forward. He even got a shot off, uh, and just showed real confidence on that left flank. Um, so hats off to Marcano. But otherwise, it was a very gritty game, and um, and it was a very well controlled game. We didn't allow th- that many chances Udinese. Uh, which we always do against these uh, inferior sides, often with counterattacks. And again, uh, hats off to Ranieri for having the balls to keep Olsen on the bench, because that that has certainly played a, a, a large part in these last few, last couple of victories. Um, and it's uh, it's mostly oh, it's also because of that, because this team clearly is functioning differently defensively with Mirante on goal. And uh, obviously, he's not a, 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 a brilliant goalkeeper, a brilliant goal stopper, but he's, he's doing his job. He knows what to do. He knows how to talk to his defenders. He made a mistake. He went out too early to uh, grab a ball. He got cut off for a minute. Luckily, it hit the woodwork. But you can see the communication between him, Fazio, Manolas, completely different.
1: I completely agree, and listen, he, he he is having better performances while missing, you know, Florenzi, he has Juan Jesus and Marcano out there, um, we have to give him credit, Fazio has been much, much better the last two weeks, he's looked so much better, and you tweeted something out about him a few times, um, you know, you and I both have said a few times on here that it's a problem when El Shadawi is... You know, your your best player in attack is he improving or is, I I'm stuck. Is he just having the best season amongst the group or having a really shit season because Jekyll's been bad, Schick has been bad, Under has been injured, Perotti has been injured, um, and is it just really El Shadawi is just having a less shit season than them or is it he's improving and he's becoming something now because I, I you know you and I have been saying. That it's a problem if he's your leading scorer, but maybe we're not giving him an, enough credit. Maybe he is improving and he's turning into a, a, an important player that's, here.
0: Yeah, it's a, it, that's a good question because we can we can argue that this season this this uh, really great season probably again uh, some people came at me saying ah you know you criticize them so much well the first couple of months uh, August September he was awful um, but you know one could argue that this great season of his is also due to the fact that we have such a horrible uh, 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 attacking uh, uh, line um st- statistically speaking uh but it seems like he's not even it's not about the assists or the goals it's it's just the way he's playing like if somebody right now watches el Shirawi play a game like the one he played against Udinese, for example, uh, or the one he played against what was Empoli, um, the first game with Ranieri back. Again, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's... And then compares that to a game from, say, 2016 or 17, totally different player. And uh, uh, right now he's just in a very... It seems very confident, something which he never was, and he always seems to make the more correct decision. Again, something that, I mean, I remember watching him in so many times in frustration for him to pass the ball or do this or, you know, go for the cross and not go for the shot. And right now he's just doing everything by himself and it's, it's working out great. And that assist is something, again, that shows confidence and intelligence, which is something, again, that we don't, usually mentioned when talking about El Shaarawy.
1: Yeah, it's it's really really weird. Um I mean that assist was I mean it was fucking world class.
0: Yeah. Was, and I, he's 26
1: years old, so it, this is
0: yeah. a great time for him still to grow as a player.
1: I agree. I I completely agree. Um you know, we we look like assholes now for maybe not giving him the proper credit. I I mean could you imagine where they would be without him? Um I mean if he was having a bad season, I mean they would be screwed because oh of my Jekyll. God. <laughs> Jekyll's yeah. been bad, Chicky's been bad. Uh um,
0: unproductive.
1: Yeah. Um I want to talk about that though. So what? Obviously Jekyll had his first home goal in the league for the first time in about a year. And it's just so clear that this thing with Schick in him does not work. They 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 just don't work it all together on the pitch. What in the world are they going to do? Because I, we've talked about it before, but I don't know. I, Schick has not shown enough. I thought this would be a good opportunity for him when when Yeti came in, but he just hasn't done enough.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. You know, it's funny because the moment Jack was scores, uh, immediately the day a day later, there are so many transfer news saying, well, after all, he may stay. No, not not just because he scored that goal. Um, this doesn't change much in the complexity of the whole thing. I, I, I read some articles that were saying that uh, Schick staying depends very much on the next coach. Um, but I just don't see a future for both of them at this club anymore because uh, Schick has been here two years and – you know he's not getting any younger, and he just does hasn't done enough to prove to have that you know particular quality that you can build upon as a, as a club like Roma, who are most likely going to have to uh, rebuild this summer. So it pains me to say both of them seem like they're on their way out, and it's a very it's a very odd thing that. This pairing never worked because Schick at Sampdoria played with Qualiarella. Exactly, um, exactly. You know, he always played as that second striker to that main one, to the one that gets all the headers. Who's the one who's physical? Because Schick is not that physical. Schick has tremendous technical ability and quality, but he's not. He's he, he, at times he's slow. At times he's afraid of physical contact. He he doesn't have that good, you know, good, strong physical attitude inside the box, um, which is something that, you know, that's his body. But that's Dzeko, that's Quagliarella, and it just strikes me that they never found that that connection, that partnership between a young uh, uh, up-and-coming striker and and a veteran experienced one.
1: It's been really, really weird. I I do think they both have to go Um, puzzling the lack of production they've gotten from both of them this season. It it, it truly, truly is. But what do they do now? Because we got word that Aussie is going to be out for two to three weeks. You and I have discussed ad nauseum the puzzling nature to which Roma play with and without him. Zonzi likely to be back. So, what? I, I, I mean... I hate it. It's worrying that we have to (laughs) discuss once again a 36 year old midfielder being out, but Jesus Christ, it seems like they do nothing when he's not there. It's a
0: big test. Now it's a big test. And um, this time around, I really don't know what to expect. I know I say it too many times, but I don't know what to expect. How will Inter play? How will they approach this game? Will they just trot around the field walk around you know um, or or will they fight and will they go for the three points um, and I also don't know what to expect from our players because in these last few games they've shown immense spirit I mean the, the team that faced Udinese was decimated uh the the the, the whole backline was 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 You know, uh, uh, we had Marcano as left back, Juan Jesus as right back. Um, We had El Sharawi almost dropping in as an extra fullback. We had Zaniolo also dropping in as an extra fullback, playing very deep or on the wing. So... But and they still and they still overcame the difficulties and they still managed to 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 win um against Sampdoria against Udinese, which are not easy teams for a team like Roma. So I really, if it it, again, it all depends on the momentum. How how, can can Ranieri keep this team rolling? Can he really get the best out of them for these next few games? Because these ones are crucial. I, I. Obviously, we've said this many, many times in many other occasions, and, all, and it's football, so it's unpredictable. But for me, this intergame is either you're in or you're out of the uh, Champions League race. This is it. I think this is truly it, um, and I, I don't have any answers. And uh, to tell you the truth, I'm scared to face this game without De Rossi because he's been so important. At the same time, I don't even know how he could sustain three three games in in such a short uh, 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 span of time. Um, so it's it's scary, but it's going to take a lot. And if this the team wants it, I, I think they can get it done.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like um, I mean, obviously Inter they pumped frozen on it frozen on your shit, but. Um I didn't think they did well against Atalanta. They hammered Genoa before that. Um but they lost to Lazio the week before. And then before that, they I don't I didn't know what to make of that derby against Milan because <sighs> it was just it was awkward. I, I I don't think they played particularly well. They were without Icardi. Frankly, I thought the Icardi episode, the drama would perhaps take them down because if there was ever something more uh that was akin to Luciano Spalletti and his career. I mean, that 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 is it. That sums it up. I don't know what to expect, though. Um, I mean, I think they will be without Brozovic. I think that's a very big, important loss. But I don't know if these defensive performances in the last two weeks are merely um, a fluke or if Roma are truly being transformed under Ranieri. I mean, what do you think?
0: I, I think, I, no, I don't think this is a flu. I think, I think it's, um, surely there is, there is a lot of Ranieri in this. And I, I, I hope that it, it, there is also some little bit of our players in it. I, I think that some, some of our players want to make a s- statement, want to prove uh, uh, their worth. Even a guy like Marcano, you know, um, who who's hadn't had do, that many chances, and every time he would go on the field, he would get criticized. Um, he would get benched a lot, and 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 yet he he played excellent, and he, he and it wasn't his position. It wasn't the easiest of games, but he he overcame everything and anything and he had a great game so I think it's also a little bit of the players now remember the previous game at the Olympico against Inter was also a a, a draw that came after I think a a couple of losses um and we just did was
1: and then there were the I mean there were those penalties that were a big big
0: exactly I mean
1: there was that one on uh, there was that one on Zaniolo. Zaniolo. That was a huge, huge miss.
0: Yeah. And 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 but that whole game was wow, they they play with such spirit. Nobody expected it. Nobody expected and that draw felt more like a win. Um because everybody said, well, you know, Inter, you know, Inter got away with one. They got lucky. And and, and nobody expected that game to be so intense, so gritty. So I think if roma can bring the same intensity they can match inter inter are very also very unpredictable team they have highs they have lows some players underperform sometimes some of the players uh, have some great performances i just don't see them uh, as these, this impossible task uh, i don't see them as this incredible team to beat i think roma can get it done if they keep it rolling and and it all depends on if they really want it.
1: Yeah, so now we have to take stock of th- of this Champions League race. I thought Lazio were I didn't know what to make of that match against Milan. That was <laughs> I don't I cool I mean that no, was yeah. shithousery at the highest level
0: probably the worst display of Serie A in general if you if you if you don't want to watch Serie A that's a game you want to avoid
1: yeah um but they did pull that one out of their ass somehow mm-hmm. I didn't think they would um Lazio or yeah Lazio obviously still have that match in hand but um Inter at 60 Milan 55 Roma 54 oh. now I still maintain that Milan having that Copa Italia run-in will affect them. If nothing at all, it should waste some energy. But, I mean, Roma, after they face Inter at the weekend, they, they're home against Cagliari, and then they're away to Genoa. Genoa have been shit as of late. So,
0: I mean, come on. Let's not forget <laughs> about Atl- Atalanta yet. Huh? Tonight against uh, Andrea Zoli's team.
1: Oh, no, you 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 deem them a a threat for this.
0: I'm right? I'm just not. I'm I don't deem them as a threat. I'm just saying they're still in it. So it's um, I just don't. I just I I would like to get some distance between. And I'm happy we got some distance between uh, Lazio. But this whole situation with Mil- Milan really upset me. I because I watched the game. I didn't think they deserved it. I thought a, a draw w- would have been a perfect result. And now it's going to be difficult because if you compare our schedule to their schedule, as you said, the only real threat to their schedule would be that Coppa Italia game, and if Montella wants revenge, if Montella wants revenge, he would do us a great favor um, in those final days.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it all, but but really, um, I mean Fiorentina are still in the Coppa Italia as well. Milan are in it, um, Atalanta are in it, and Lazio are in it. So I, you would think um, at some point one of these sides, who are all in the running with with Roma, let, let's not forget that, except Fiorentina. Um, you would think. I, I would just be curious to hear where the where the rationale is between resting in the league or resting uh, in the cup, yeah. because i'm i listen i'm I'm probably of a different mindset the most i am always go for the trophy regardless go for the trophy when you can win a trophy you go for it everything else doesn't matter but um I have a hard time believing especially with their financial oh, yeah. situation that milan would sacrifice would mm-hmm. prioritize yeah and sacrifice the league over the cup um but it, it's just interesting to see this play out because yeah, we talked about it the last time. I mean Milan their schedule is a bit easier than Roma's. What also I think is a is a crucial point is if Juve faced Roma um while they're still in the Champions League, which is on the 12th of May. If 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 Juve are still in the Champions League, there's uh, I I would not at all be surprised to see Juve uh, throw out a team as they did this past weekend where it was nothing but uh, younger players, players playing out of position because they won't want to risk anybody. So I think, as bad as it sounds, um, we might want to be pulling for them in the yes, <laughs> in the Champions yes. League.
0: Yes, unfortunately, yes. And 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 the yeah, same. But- I, I I at the same time I think that the Milan Lazio game in the Coppa Italia is going to be a very intense one. I think there is some bad blood right now, and um, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if there were... A, some injuries during that game. Um, and again, you're right, I just I, I just don't know how, how, how willing they are to sacrifice uh, uh, um, the league for that cup. And right now I don't I'm of the same mindset as you are. I don't think they're going for it. I think they're gonna go for the Champions League spot and because that's reasonable in the long run. So it, it is it, it's it's tough it's tough and 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 as you said uh Juve need to just bag this scudetto already and so then it's they're just going to be fil- fielding out youth players serie a players whatever um so it, it it depends on us but right now it de- it depends a lot on others too
1: Yeah I <sighs> Listen, I the last thing, if Roma draw this weekend against Inter, I don't think it's the end of the world. They cannot mm-hmm. lose, though. They can't lose. Um, because I think one of the matches that everybody seems to be overlooking is um, so Milan have Parma at the weekend, then they're home against Lazio in the Copa Italia. But then they go away to Torino. And Torino is fighting for European football. Um, uh, I forget who it was. It might have been are Lazari, they still in And he was complaining about the referee. Okay. They are still in it. They're. Compl- uh, I believe Mazzari was complaining about the refereeing at the weekend, and he said something to the effect of, "They don't want Torino um, playing in Europe, and he wants European football." So I have a feeling that I, I mean Torino is. That's a difficult, difficult, difficult match for Milan. Um, and then they're go- uh, the week after that they're going to have Bologna, who are still fighting for relegation. You have Mihalovic there who is going to want re- revenge for the way things ended with him at Milan. So I don't know. I, on paper, their fixtures and their calendar looks a bit easier. But I still feel like Roma, if you get a Juve that is still in the Champions League, I have a feeling they would trot out a team just like they did at the weekend with guys playing out of position, youngsters, um, and they're not going to give a shit.
0: Right, so I don't know. And then you face and know. then you face Sassuolo and you face Parma, which are two teams that they're not fighting for relegation and they're not fighting for uh, a, a European football spot. So, it, 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 from you know, it would seem. Let's not take anything for granted because this is Roma and this is football and this is Serie A, so it's never easy. But it would seem that it those final games could be comfortable.
1: All right, so we'll keep doing this every time, but we'll just say in or out. Yes, um, Roma in the Champions League next year. Yes or
0: no? Uh, no, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no, and and just mm. hope for the best, but expect the worst.
1: Okay, I, yeah, I agree. I'm on the same boat as you. I'm on the same boat as you. I, I I'm I'm going to say no. I'll hedge myself a little bit. Uh, to avoid disappointment, but yeah, I'll, I'll say no for now. But obviously, expect better. So we'll we'll see what happens at uh at the weekend against Inter. So everyone, we're going to end it here. Um, we will be back later in the week. We'll discuss more as we lead up to the crucial crucial match uh, against Inter with uh, plenty of Champions League football implications. So. Thank you for listening. As always, if you could continue to rate, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, And until next time, ciao.